Welcome to ICU, a podcast where we advocate that compassion and connection save lives. They also make life pretty cool. I'm your host, Julie Lee. I see you. Let's be friends. Welcome, welcome to I See You. This is episode three, Being Seen as a Mother. I decided to record this beginning real quick and insert it before my interview with my sister because I felt like there were a few things I wanted you to know going into this interview. First of all, there was a thunderstorm that started, so you get some beautiful rain ambiance in the background. Also, my sister was diagnosed with breast cancer and has been battling that the last couple years. She also, the same week that she found out she had breast cancer, she found out she was pregnant with her sixth child. You can imagine how crazy that was going through treatments while being pregnant. But what's amazing is I was going to have her share her story with that, but as we continued to talk about it, what she really wanted to share most today was about being seen as a mother and about how important it is that we see mothers. She didn't need to talk about her brave battle with cancer. She chose instead to talk about the everyday monotonous times that being a mother can bring and the ways that other people can help mothers. And I think that says a lot about her and says a lot about the importance she puts on motherhood. She doesn't care to draw attention to herself as anybody that's amazing, but I want you to know that she is amazing and that she has a much bigger story than what you're gonna hear today. Hopefully we'll get her back to hear more. Along with that, her miracle baby that came having been inside her body while she was going through chemo treatments. He kept coming in and out of the room during the interview and we kept trying to get him to be entertained with toys or something, but he just wanted to be with us. So we finally let him be a part of the interview because this interview is about motherhood and it's also to me kind of a symbol of where Amy has come from. She has this miracle baby now and so you're gonna hear some ooing and aahing from the baby. You're gonna hear him talking a little bit and we're okay with that. We hope that you enjoy it, baby and all. Here we go. We're sitting here in my front room on this beautiful August day and it's raining and it's gorgeous and the window's so big and there's all this light coming in. I received the most special message after last episode that I wanna share with you. This is from Caitlin. She says, your podcast. You have to picture that in all caps, okay? Holy grilled cheese sandwiches. I love it. I was listening to it when you said, I see you, my brain painted, ICU, and as I listened to the episodes, I thought, this is literally the intensive caring slash compassion slash connection unit for my soul. So many emotions, sobbing, laughing, sympathy, love. It's amazing, you're amazing. Thank you, Caitlin. Thank you for letting us share your message. I have also kind of made that connection with ICU at the hospital, but I don't think I could have said it so beautifully. That's so cool, I love it. Love it, love it, love it. All right, well, I'm excited to start episode three. I have here a very special guest. Her name is Amy Strong of No Relation. Just kidding, she's my sister and (laughs) she's very, very special. Secrets out. I promise I'm not always gonna have family on my show, okay? But I do have a really cool family, so it's just gonna happen Maybe half the time. Maybe half the time. (laughs) Amy, um, my podcast listeners know you as my sister who helped me come up with Delilah for when I was having Mm, panic attacks. Delilah. Delilah. So Amy, please tell us a little bit more about yourself Mm. in case they wanna know more than that. Sure, yeah. So I am Julie's older and wiser sister. 
We Not come from a family of seven kids and I'm right smack dab in the middle, which is the best. Like, uh, stereotypically you say the middle kid gets forgotten. I do not feel that way. I feel like everyone loves me the most because I'm in the middle. I got to play both roles, younger and older sibling. I am married to a really handsome guy. I wish I had a picture for you, but podcast, you can't see any images, but just trust me. He's really good looking. And we have six really cute original kids they're not your typical kid though i'll just say that they each have their own little spice of life (laughs) (laughs) hashtag spice of life strongs uh yeah my three-year-old's obsessed with dinosaurs right now and just he is in dinosaur mode most of the day and it's it scares a lot of kids because he's usually a t-rex eating something or roaring and i like them i like my kids I also am really good at nerds and the card game. Like maybe no one can beat me and Julie is going to say otherwise, but I just, I, it's one of those things that I love about myself. It's rude that you brought that up without telling me you were going to. (laughs) It's on. I also love playing racquetball and board games. Super fun. I like your selling. And I wanted to say one thing about this podcast that I forgot to tell you before, Julie. This will be a surprise to you. But the la- after listening to the last episode, I realized that it reminded me of the photographer Humans of New York. Are you familiar with him? Oh, yes, but only for you. Yes, I love Humans of New York. You guys can go look that up too. But he just takes snapshots of people and does like a little blurb about their life and the photo kind of represents that. And it's like this little human connection you have with someone, this little insight into them. And I, I really, really love that learning little things about people or lots of things anyway. And, and the podcast reminds me of that. So Ooh, I like nice that. work. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Amy's a fabulous mother. I have watched her as a mother. Uh, it took me and Rob five years of marriage before we had our first child. And while that wasn't what we wanted, it was a really great time for us to kind of just be able to look around and watch and judge. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Um, but <laughs> as we do, right? Um, but I, I've always looked up to Amy as a mother and I have oh, worked really hard to pattern a lot of my motherhood after her and the way that she treats her children and just her positive view on motherhood. But also she's very authentic about the difficulties that come with motherhood. And so I wanted to have her on because I know that a lot of our listeners are mothers or they're husbands or neighbors or just anybody who who sees mothers everywhere. We see them in the grocery stores, we see them everywhere, and we all want to help and we don't always know how best to do that, how to show compassion and to connect with mothers, what they need. Maybe you don't know what your wife needs or your friend needs. And so I want to just start off, Amy, by asking you the question, why do you feel like it's important to be seen as a mother? I think we'd agree it's important to be seen in any, you know, stage of life, situation in life. But for me, motherhood has been really challenging. Things that I thought would come really naturally haven't always. I remember being a part of a discussion before I ever got married about what's the hardest transition in life. Is it getting married? Is it having your first kid? Is it having your eighth kid? What, what is it? And, um, people kind of said probably marriage. And for me, not so, um, Again, my husband is really good looking. That might have something to do with it. <laughs> oh, oh, Ryan. He's going to hate this so much. He's going to hate it. So yeah, that's too bad. For me, becoming a mother and learning to sacrifice at any point during the day, whatever I wanted to do for this 
cute little baby that I loved so much was really difficult. I, I really like my sleep a lot and I think I need more sleep than most adults maybe. I don't, I don't know if that's fair to say, but I just, even when we were dating, with, uh, Ryan will tell you I would fall asleep on every date. I fell asleep an hour after we got engaged. I just, I'm a tired person. And so learning to get up at night with a baby, um, just take care of anything that they need at any point, those first couple months were so difficult for me. Also learning to give up eating when the baby wanted to eat, you know, I really like food. And so, and more than those things, I think like being alone where I'd been in school and I'd, I'd been able to be really social and, and then having this kid trying to figure out how to still be me and to take care of this child. And it was really challenging and definitely a huge adjustment to figure out this new normal. I needed to be seen in that change. Well, it's kind of it's kind of like an identity crisis, at least it was for me, coming home and being with a baby and having so many tasks to do, but all of them being very little. Yes. And very monotonous. Yes. And a lot of women express feeling like swallowed up or lost in motherhood, which isn't the goal, right? But it no, it can happen, you know? No, I mean, I think the goal is that it helps you become your, more yourself, a greater you, but it's easy when you've maybe defined yourself in these other ways and then you're giving up these hobbies and things that you've been doing that have been really good for this little person. You're putting all your energy into this little person and, and that can be a, a hard time, that transition. Absolutely, I agree. So now we know it's important to be seen as a mother. What ways have you been seen as a mother that's helped you as you've been raising your six children? Right, I've had so many wonderful people. I really have family, sisters, sister-in-laws, mothers, mother-in-laws, only one of each of those, but <laughs> neighbors, you know, who have really, who have had good perspective and have reached out to me. I've been a mother, my oldest is 11, so I've been a mother for a little over 11 years. I think the first thing is when I've had people validate whatever emotion I'm feeling, um, instead of belittling it or trying to change the subject or something, really listening when I, whether I'm feeling guilt that I'm not doing better or I'm just so tired, I'm kind of irrational, right? Yes. Maybe you guys haven't ever been there, but... They have. <laughs> they have. have, at least. We all have. We all have. Yes. And having them just hear me out about my doubts about myself, about... Um, my just like guilt, like maybe I don't want to be doing this right now, you know, and you feel yeah. like I love this person. How can I say that? Um, and when it's really good, when, when I'm loving it to have them want to hear about my baby or my kid or my whatever, you know, have them help me like enjoy my joy with them. Just be able to recognize the emotion I'm feeling and, and be there present with me. I felt seen that way. We had to stop and start because Cute Knightley is here. He's number six of Amy's and he's so cute. He is cute, which is why he gets away with this. Yeah, say hi. That's really sweet. So another way I felt, have felt seen as a mother, when people just jump in and help me. They don't wait for an invitation, they just see that my four-year-old had an accident and I have my hands full with my two-year-old and one-year-old and they grab the kid, you know, they, they grab the baby so I can help clean up the mess. Or I have, you know, a, a toddler who's throwing a fit and so they 
they grab the baby for me or I'm having an emotional breakdown for any variety of reasons. My world is crumbling around me, yes. <laughs> and they pull out some fruit snacks for the kids, you know, just some way where they just jump in and help. And one thing that's meant the world to me is when people offer to babysit for me because it's kind of hard. You feel like, you just feel like other people have their lives and they don't have to help me with this, but like you need date nights and you also like need doctor's appointments and stuff. But um, when people will just jump in and say, hey, I wanna watch your kids this Friday night so you guys can go out, um, it's amazing. One of the biggest ways I felt seen when people will point out my strengths instead of um, my weaknesses. You know, as a mom, you can be really hard on yourself and it's easy to see where you're lacking. Like I can tell people where I'm lacking really, really easily. But when I'm like, I remember this one time I was in Hobby Lobby and everything was actually going fine. I didn't have any kid drama at the moment. But this woman and her husband walked past us and she just said, you have the cutest kids and you are such a good mom. And it meant the world to me. Like, I'm not always the greatest mom, but she saw in that moment me working with my children and being kind to them and that they were happy. And she, she made that small effort to point that out to me that she saw a strength in me. Oh, there's the rain again. Can you hear the gunfire in the background? Yeah. It's not gunfire, it's rain, don't worry. <laughs> Moving forward. Um, I also had this one time when I was at a doctor's office for a well check visit for one of my kids and that child was two at the time, Miss Maggie, Miss Maggie Marie, and she was throwing a fit. I don't remember what about, but usually, you know, I can talk my kids down. I can reason with them, but this day it was not happening. And so she was in timeout and we'd gone over by the doors to try and keep things as quiet as possible for everyone else. And she was just screaming and I was, you know, I had the other kids and I was trying to figure out how to help her chill out before the nurse called us back. And I remember this mom came over to me and she just whispered in my ear, she said, you are such an awesome mom and I'm right here if you need anything. Oh. And it meant so much to me. Like I was so close to tears, but this woman, like instead of rolling her eyes at me or being annoyed that my kid was falling apart or thinking, you know, thinking how she would do it differently. She just complimented what she could and then offered her help if, if there's anything I could think of. And you know, my Maggie did not chill out that time. And so I had to go up and cancel the appointment and go out to the car and I buckled everyone in and still cried my eyes out. But it made me feel so good and supported and seen that this woman would come compliment and offer help. Absolutely. Loved it. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. And um, and that she was, I just want to say that she was brave enough to do it because I think sometimes we see people in these situations and we may even think those things, but it can be uncomfortable to go over and just be like with someone in that intimate moment and just yeah. say, hey, just whisper in their ears, hey, you're doing an awesome job. Um, so I think that's really neat that she also took the courage to do that because yeah. she thought it was important because yeah. she knows what it's like to be a mom with a screaming two-year-old, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think in whatever the situation is for people, we can get timid because we're so afraid of saying the wrong thing or something. But like what we need most of all as humans is people to just jump in and try, just try to make connection. Yeah. And sometimes you're going to get it wrong, but just try, just keep trying.
Yeah, it's like I said in my first podcast. I mean, the important part is just showing up, even if you do a crappy job of it. Yes. Just come anyways. Yes. Just come anyways. You know, it's better than just not showing up at all. Yes, I yes. loved that. Yes, yeah, for sure. This this podcast, we are letting the number six child play in the room because it's about motherhood, and this is what real life is like. He might be climbing in the fireplace, but the fire's not turned on. So that's good. So I you're a good mom right now. Good. I think you're a great mom. <laughs> Way to point out this strength. Yeah, I'm following your advice. Um, one more thing when I talk about people pointing out strengths instead of weaknesses, I, I have to talk about, so I have, I really do have a wonderful husband. Ryan is, um, he's an awesome dad and he's really sweet to me. And there have been many times where, you know, he comes home from work around five and that's when it's just insanity in the house and I'm losing it. You know, if he saw me at 10 a.m., everything's good then but yeah 5 a.m or 5 p.m trying to make dinner it's not as pretty and so there have been several times where i see him and it's like i've been holding it together all right and i just need a break and a lot of times i'll have done the unmentionable and yelled at my kids you know like just no. been angry no. <laughs> i would never <laughs> a little nightly here thank you couldn't yell at me i'm so cute i know i couldn't yell at you but the others definitely the other children <laughs> So I'll go in my room and he'll kind of take over. But instead of being angry with me that I didn't treat our kids the best, he will come in and hold me and let me cry, let me feel it, and then he'll build me up. He'll remind me of all of the good things that I do do, that I'm not the worst mom, that our kids have a pretty good childhood. Help me kind of heal that way emotionally. After I had our fourth baby, little Abigail, it was like, a week or two after she'd been born. I was also potty trading another kid at the time and who had had an accident. And I'd cleaned out his underwear. It was a poop accident. And I'd cleaned it out in the toilet and then had him and a sibling in the tub. And then I think the, the other child was taking a nap <clears throat> or playing. I can't remember, it's been too long. Anyway, I was holding my little newborn and I looked in the mirror as the kids were playing in the tub and I saw this clumps of brown in my hair. Okay, no. I have brown hair, but no. it, was, it wasn't hair. No. And I realized it was poop. I had poop in my hair. Like somehow when I Rock cleaned bottom. out. <laughs> Rock bottom, right there. Poop when I was hair. cleaning out the poopy underwear, it had like flung up into me. <laughs> and I was, I just had this moment of panic, like what the heck do I do? I have this baby I'm holding. I have these kids in the tub I can't leave alone. I can't touch anything because I don't know where else there's poop on me if it's in my hair. And just like moment of panic. And I have this really good friend that is my go-to person oftentimes. And I called her and I just, like I couldn't even get the words out because how do you tell someone that you poop in your hair? And I was just like kind of silent. I think when she answered and she's like, do you need something? And I just said, I kind of have an emergency. Can you come right now? And she said, yeah, I just got out of the shower. I'll be right down. And so she came down and I handed her the baby. I was like, there's poop in my hair. <laughs> there's no other way to say this. I said, I just, I just have to go jump in the shower and I need someone to watch the kids and someone to hold the baby. And 
listen for the other kid. Anyway, and it was just really funny. And to this day, we laugh about that moment because it was just... Anyway, but I was so grateful that she's the kind of friend that I know will just jump in and help and see me that way, see my needs that I could call her. And she would come, you know, give me that shower. Let me get a little bit more hygienically sound. Absolutely. You know? And not be like, hey, you're gross that you have poop in your hair. Yeah. But yeah. see you. She gets it. She gets, she gets it. it. She came in. That is a really intimate moment to share with someone. Yeah. She right? gets it sometimes. <laughs> you have poop in your hair as a mom. Yep. Yep. Another way people have seen me as a mom is by offering me hope. While so much of my time I spend with my kids is really fun and good, there are times where it's overwhelming. It's like you're in the trenches of whatever the thing is, um, whether it is potty trading or a moody child that you can't quite connect with or, you know, sleepless newborn nights or sickness, you know, like when they pass it from kid to kid to kid. And... Everyone needs to know that whatever the situation is, that it's going to get better, that you are going to get relief, that it will not last forever. I think that your last, in the last episode, your friend, what's her name? Brittany. Brittany. I think she talked about that yeah. a little bit. Um, like it doesn't last forever. That's it's advice. Not permanent. Whatever the, whatever the hard thing is, it's not a permanent situation. And so there have been people who have offered me that hope. I remember someone telling me one time, again, I think it was with my first baby, that they said, you know, you are going to sleep again. Like, I can't guarantee that it's going to be tonight or tomorrow, but like your baby is going to learn how to sleep and it might go back and forth, but like you are going to get sleep or whatever hard thing about a certain stage is going to end. They, when they graduate high school, they're not still going to be sleeping with that tiger hood on. (laughs) I know it's child that's talking. (laughs) My son Atticus he loved this. It was a newborn size little tiger outfit for Halloween costume. And he loved that thing. And he wore it until he was like, I don't know, at least six. Like you can't wear it. It's a newborn size, but he would put the hood on and he'd stretch the arms to fit into his arms. So they'd go like down to his elbows and I then the legs would just flap off the back, you know? And so um, it wasn't really a problem, you know, but it was super funny. But I do remember thinking like, is his wife someday going to curse me because he's still going to be wearing that when he's 25? Like, why didn't you take that away Bring when he was five? Actually, I wear this to bed. I hope Surprise. that's cool. Surprise. Surprise. <laughs> um, that's so funny. You know, no, but, and, and nighttime accidents, they will end. They will grow out of those eventually. And you can't say when, but like, it's going to get better. That has been so helpful. And I've, I've felt those people with perspective seeing me in my moment and offer saying I've been there and I felt what you're feeling and that's totally a legitimate way to feel and I want you to know that I've seen that change and get better over time yeah I love that and I love the podcast better than happy Jody Moore she talks about how negative emotion isn't a bad thing we're supposed to experience negative emotion. And so to have another mother just kind of normalize that for you, I feel like, and say, I've been there, I totally get it. It's crazy, it's nuts. Sometimes you gotta cry about it. It's really nice. It kind of gives you a break to not feel like there's anything wrong with you. Yeah. Sometimes life is just kind of crazy. Right. And then maybe instead of stressing about that you're feeling negatively, you can just feel negatively and then jump back to being positive and happy about it. Yeah, something my therapist says I always love is she just says, can you just be, can you just be in it? Can you just not analyze why it's there? And Because you'll find this out about me if you haven't already, but 
I really think about things really deep and I analyze things and I try and figure them out and I just think them to death. It's the best. Also talking them to death. <laughs> talking them to death too, as my sisters and husband can attest to. Mm-hmm. But it's, there's so much power in just being able to be in your circumstances. Just It's that whole idea of being present and mindfulness that are so popular and are really starting to be talked about nowadays, but I think it's because they're true. It's truth. It is truth. It's truth. It's so good. There's so much good stuff out there that people are bringing to light now. Yeah, absolutely. I do love being a mother so much. I think it's amazing. It's one of the most meaningful things I've done with my life. And I I hear women talk about um, sometimes feeling like they've lost themselves um, by becoming a mother. And I think there have been moments where I felt that way too. But I think more than anything, as I felt seen by others, I felt validated in my hard moments. I have recognized that these sacrifices mold me and help me become actually more myself. They, they bring to light my strengths more abundantly than, than I saw them before. I've become more patient and more kind and more understanding. I love that. I love that about myself. It brings me so much joy to like, just to try and make my kids have an awesome childhood. You know, I, I, I love it. I'm grateful that I get to be a mom. I have had so many wonderful examples of mothers in my life um, that have helped make me the mom that I am or that I want to be and keep trying to be. One is my own mother. She is so patient. Like I cannot believe the amount of chaos she can handle and just be totally calm, just cool about it. Um, she was like that as kids and she's like that with my young kids, whether yes. it's messy room, noise, whatever, like she just stays calm and I want to be like that. I always think of problem it. with that, just the patience The I get overstimulated really easily. Yes. Like, and I look back at her and she, she let us make noise. She, you know, she was so Become mud monsters. Yes. She was so good. <laughs> She was so patient and let us be messy. And I really look up to her for that. Yeah. I remember having a friend too, um, before I ever had kids who was just about to have her first baby. And she was just full of gratitude and so positive about it and talked about people. Some people aren't able to have kids or um, not as many as they want or whatever. And she just was grateful and was like, you know what? This is a sacrifice pregnancy is and having children, but I'm going to have an attitude of gratitude um, towards that. And and so many sisters and sister-in-laws that have I've been able to watch parent and and see all the good things they do and and have helped mold me also. Amy, thank you for being here. You're so welcome. Such a blessing. <laughs> I feel like we didn't share anything like inappropriate, and that's that was really good for us. It was it was good. I expected we did it. Talk about and- <laughs> Which Rob will be happy about. Really like poop. About poop. But then you have kids and you have to talk about poop. Yeah. It's the worst. Yeah. Guys, thank you for listening. I'm excited for episode four where I will be recording from sunny, beautiful Orange County, California. It's going to be a blast. Mostly because I'm taking my kids to Carsland. They're going to lose it. They're going to be so excited. I love you all. I hope you have a fabulous week. And I will have an episode for you by next Friday. See you later.